I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is You Can't Make This Up. Can't Make This Up is the podcast where we uncover the true stories behind your favorite Netflix documentaries and films. On today's episode, we take a closer look at the Netflix documentary, Longest Third Date. What's up, everyone? My name is Matt, and I've been quarantined in Costa Rica for the past six weeks. But just wait, because that's not even the craziest part. Today, we're talking to director Brent Hodge. After a pair of dates, Matt and Connie decided to go on a spontaneous getaway to Costa Rica. While they drank Coronas on the beach, coronavirus was shutting the world down. And when all air travel to the United States was canceled, the couple found themselves stranded indefinitely in a tropical paradise. Now thrown together, the two had to navigate life in lockdown while waiting two and a half months to go home. Using video Matt captured on his iPhone, Longest Third Date follows the couple's efforts to find housing, pass the time, and get to know a person they just met on a dating app. After Matt and Connie's story went viral, the couple needed to confront an unspoken question. Would this relationship of necessity continue when they returned? She was definitely keeping that stone-cold face of no feelings, whatever, and I was just like, There's no way. I'm feeling this like she has to feel something. And I'm joined now by director Brent Hodge. Welcome to You Can't Make This Up, Brent. Thanks for having me. All right. So when you heard about this story, did you instantly think... We super need this documentary right now. Or did it take a while? You have to think about it a little bit. No, I really, really wanted it right away. It was a little bit of a process of, at that moment, a lot of COVID stories are happening. None of them are fun. And, you know, a lot of people went through this during COVID and it wasn't fun. I was like, there's got to be some positives out of this. There's got to be something here. And this story really hit me. And it was a Netflix team, the the doc team that brought it to me. And and I was was thrilled. I said, I got to see this footage. Now, we have all rolled the dice dating people that we don't really know well, uh, and we were all stuck in lockdown in places a lot less romantic than a beach resort. Do you think it's those two factors that make this story resonate with so many people? Well, you know, I think the social experiment part of this, the idea that he was filming was also another layer. Matt and Connie, you know, were, were being filmed the entire time through Matt, the vlogger, and in a very vlog style. But I think I, I, maybe it was just being isolated. I think that's that more than anything. Both of them being in New York on the dating scene, and they had to go to a place where there is no friends, no family, nothing around, no other options <laughs> either when it comes to dating. Definitely had a factor. I found myself wondering, you know, for three months, Matt and Connie told their own story, and Matt does present himself as this guy making a movie about his own life, and that was his whole persona. And I'm wondering how they and maybe he felt about letting you take control of the narrative and tell their story. And there's some trust there for sure. It was, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a process of getting me the footage. It was me taking them for dinner, understanding like, none of this is public yet. I just want to go through it. I want to see the arc of what you guys went through. Um, and I just kept them updated too on, on, on what I was observing as I went through and asked them a lot of questions. And first thing, I, I love rom-coms and 
I watched a lot of rom-coms going through this. And I said, you guys, you have basically the story of Six Days, Seven Nights with Harrison Ford and Anne Hesh, but it's your version. You know, there are no pirates. I guess you could say COVID is pirates, but you're trapped on an island, not seven days for 80 days. And you watch that movie, see how it plays through. What do you think about that movie? And then I think they started to understand and be a bit more comfortable with it. He's going to go the rom-com route with this. He's, you know, he's not looking to be salacious in any way. That, that also helps. But the tr- there's a trust factor with getting me that footage for sure. Oh, man, that definitely plays through. Now that you mention it, I have to wonder, I have some technical questions, as I'm sure everyone who saw this documentary does. How much raw footage did you have to work with when you were uh, starting this process? It was less than you think. Because we've, really? we've had, yeah, we've had films where it's 500 plus hours and you got to walk through this. And there's a whole process to it. It was less than that. But um, I'm so thankful Matt filmed these moments and like these really tender moments. He'd be having dinner and, and just put the phone up against it and film the entire thing. And we ended up having these different cooking nights. Every single night's going to be a different cuisine. Squid, tuna, toros. It was a great opportunity to get to know Connie and discover how amazing she is. Genuine, caring, thoughtful. I mean, the total package. He, he also sort of helped me walk through maybe what they did. Like, okay, there's a haircut scene where she gives him a haircut. I was like, is that all that happens? Or did you guys stop and start and have a talk? And, and he's like, no, he's just giving me a haircut. You're like, okay, so then I can work this one out. I like kind of compartmentalize this footage pretty easily. I don't know how many hours total. I'm going to say under 100. So it wasn't, it wasn't like I've seen in other archive films, but um, some pretty interesting things happened to them in that 100 hours. So what kind of other equipment did Matt have? We know he had a phone. Uh, looks like he had a GoPro because at one point he lost it. Were those the only <laughs> two kinds of cameras he had with him? He had a drone at one point oh, okay. as well. That's, that's right, because it hit drone. the window. Yeah, it hit the window. <laughs> uh, and there's some, some beautiful scenics, which I'm very thankful for. I'm trying to think what else he had. You know, they did a Zoom call a few times with just the just like a FaceTime app, just right off of his laptop. Text messages they gave us. It was pretty minimal. You know, we were working with with mainly phone footage. These phones look great these days, so yeah. I was happy. Was he using like the rule of thirds and stuff? Did you get like <laughs> decent uh, frames and stuff from him? I had to give it. I, I took him to to film school during this. No, no I. Uh, <laughs> Matt filmed like a vlogger, and that was that. That was my first observation, and and I say that in a in a really great earnest way. Like, but but sometimes he wouldn't hold on a shot. It's an adventure filmer. He's moving all the time, but he constantly did check ins. How he's feeling, what day it is, where he is. More than Connie, I think. As the footage went through, there was we were getting a lot of Connie, but that first initial look at that footage, I said it moves a lot. There's no sort of still, you know, we're not settling down as much as I'd like in some parts and holding. And then the other part is like, we're not seeing a ton of Connie. And then that's where we, the, the necessary interviews had to come in to kind of, to help those moments. But he did a really good job of explaining things. We got this car, we got in a car crash, it was a pregnancy scare. Like he actually developed these where, where, you know, not everybody would do that if you just handed them a camera. Yeah, it's sort of like he had this own idea of the dramatic arc when he was there. Um, and I kept thinking like, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, there was obviously cameras and stuff, but this would have looked very different. It would have felt very different than the immediacy of just being able to pull out your device and be like, you're on, right? Yeah. And there's, there's you know, I think you can, you can say like, how real is that too? You know, is he filming everything? Is, is that mean he's putting on a character while he's doing this? Does that mean Connie feels she needs to perform? Is this a true social experiment of two people falling in love? Or is this more of a rom-com being played out in front of us that, that they see or that they want to do? 
That was a lot of stuff I was poking at and prying at when we did the interviews. You know, where are they? Let's talk, let's go through day by day. But you do see a change in in Matt, especially. I think the performance really dies down after a while. Like he, I know they're on the third day, but there's only so many times you're, you're, you're alone somewhere. I think you, the performance has to, it has to go away eventually, especially as we're all going through this, this lockdown together, everybody on earth. I see him performing less and less. Yeah. I think that I saw that too. It's like the earnestness kind of came through, although he seems like kind of an earnest guy from the beginning. He's never pretending that he's anything other than a guy who likes to vlog about himself. He's not like, you know, I'm going to be rich and famous. And he's like, no, I just like capturing my life. He doesn't, he doesn't seem like a lack of a better word, like a douche. You know what I mean? Like I, you kind of like him from the beginning. At least I did. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always rooting for Matt throughout this film. Yeah. You know, everything he's doing. I think, um, what I saw with him and what I, what I still see with him and what I saw with those interviews, is he really loves this girl. And that had to be sort of the core of this with Connie too. I wanted to kind of get at, you know, where she was at with relationships and, and, you know, opening up, she's not as extrovert and as open uh, as Matt is. Um, I think he's, he's very hard on your sleeve kind of guy and she's very close. And you see these moments throughout where, where, where it really develops. And yeah, it's just, it's just special in that way. That's where I saw like a real rom-com arc. You know, we're referencing a lot of movies when we're doing this, the sit down, couch interview for me is like, it has to be when Harry met Sally. Like mm-hmm. I just, I saw it and you're only working with a few elements. The footage he gave you, tension, music. You know, these are core little bits that can then add to a love story. And I was like, we gotta, we gotta sort of double down on a lot of those. Being attacked by insects, of course, adds some <laughs> dramatic tension. <laughs> I got really lucky. I you go through this. When I got that footage, I think there was from the Netflix team, from ITV and myself, Play. Like, is there a film here? You're going to be the one that has to tell us from looking at that. And you're like, yeah, there's enough story points for a film, for sure. Listen, they filmed themselves going to the pharmacy to try to buy <laughs> uh, birth control before she had the pregnancy scare. I mean, I it's like they knew they were, there was going to be a documentary about this someday. I saw a press release. If you're using these brands, be careful. These have been sold on like the black market and some of the pills are fake. Like there have been reports of pregnancy from using this brand of birth control. So I'm like, oh, this isn't good. You know, like, It's really incredible when you think about like, you know, not knowing this was going to happen, just having the forethought. I mean, it wasn't forethought. It was just dumb thought right in the moment. Like she's probably like, why the hell are you filming me in the pharmacy right now? This is really embarrassing. I'm wondering though, like that piece of footage just made me think, I'm sure there was, you know, we know there was like sex stuff or whatever that they did when they were uh, away. But did they give you any footage that they said, you know, don't put this in the film? I'm not talking about sex stuff. I'm talking about other kinds of stuff. They say like, please don't put this in the film. I'm trying to think if there was anything. You don't have to tell me what it is. I'm just wondering if there was stuff. No, you know, I'm trying to think if there was anything that we omitted. I don't think there was in the end. I think it was it was some of these flags of 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 exactly what you're you're getting at. But I, no, we we ended up putting it in, so there wasn't. But like you you hit on something that I really enjoy. Is like I think we're all filming our own documentaries all the time. If you go yeah. to your friends on Instagram stories, like they're putting up stuff, and I don't even know if they realize how embarrassing some of that stuff is sometimes. <laughs> like they just, You just do it in the moment. I bet if somebody took it all, recorded it, and put it into a movie, you'd be like, I said that? I did that? And I think those are some of the reactions we, we were getting from them as well. 
Yeah. They forgot what they documented out there. I do want to talk a little bit about this couple some more because Matt Robertson, he was an entrepreneur. He fancies himself as this, you know, influencer sort of guy. He vlogged as Movie Matt, posting his adventures as a traveler. And it was really funny to me when Connie's friend Liz uh, talked about him, you know, this guy who constantly posts videos of himself, invites a girl girl to another country on a date. You know, she's like, he's going to murder you. (laughs) I made sure that Connie turned her location on. I told her never to turn it off. Her motto in life was always live fast, die pretty. And I was like, maybe you could live a little longer and die like adequate. (laughs) Is that the reaction that you might have to somebody who told you they were going on a third date to another country with some guy? I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me about this film that say, (laughs) when when does he murder her, though? And I'm like, you know, not every documentary needs a murder for it to be. A or a scammer. Or, 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 yeah, or remotely <laughs> entertaining. And it's just, I think it's a little bit of the nature of documentaries and where we are is like, this is a great love story. Are we not allowed to have that? And it's like, no, no, there's got to be something. He goes to jail, though, at least. At least. You're like, <laughs> there's no trial. <laughs> there's no murder. And yeah, he didn't scam anybody. But also, I think Liz has, um, it's appropriate for her to, to care about the safety of her, her friend. She's never met this guy. She puts a tracker on him. I love these elements of dating in the digital age elements that we don't think about. It's like, oh, you can track somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can actually check in with people. You can film everything. Like, it's it's us. It's our age group. This is the love story. This is what we have. I want to ask you about Connie. I mean, she's this young professional who's traveled across the country for a job in public relations. And she describes herself as being someone who goes with the flow. Uh, But at the same time, she's very guarded. And I'm wondering about your impression of the Connie that we meet in those videos, especially early in the trip. Connie's, to me, sort of a perfect documentary subject because it's not, there's layers, it's complex. There's more to it. She has a father relationship. She has a family element to this. I really love getting to know Connie during this process. And and she is open once you you get in, but but it's not what you're getting at the start. Very guarded and... uh, it makes your job as a documentarian difficult, but it's so worthy. You will notice in the footage that it's always Matt. It's Matt selfie videos. It's always Matt. And then somewhere around like day 50, we used we actually in the editing room called it the Connie cam where she takes a camera and now she's holding it and she's doing the updates and she starts taking it. And Matt's actually the one getting put into the spotlight. She always keeps grabbing it and turning it and putting it on him. The most beautiful girl in all of Costa Rica. Wow. Look at her. Sweet Look at talker. her. Hey. <laughs> I don't know what he's told you guys. He's here for a month and a half. He's making me work out. He's making me cook for him. Help, help. Someone help me falls in love with me. <laughs> I love that. It was like her taking the power in a weird way. Who has the camera was a little bit of this game. And we, we loved exploring that. It was, it was one of our first things that we noticed, like Connie changes around that camera. Yeah. Letting, letting her be who she is. I think she said, if it's when you don't let me do what I want or don't let me yeah. be who I am is when I start lying to you. Right. Yeah. And also I, you, you really pick up on the, the thing that, you know, I know as a parent, like kids don't lie to their parents because they're evil. They lie because they're afraid of what will happen if they tell the truth. Right. Yeah. And Connie talks about that. She talks about like the fear of, of being not seen as worthy and not making her parents proud and being punished and all that stuff. And so it really does. I mean, I, that was an incredibly emotional scene for me. So what's going on? <laughs> so you know how I'm here with a group of friends? Mm-hmm. So one of those friends is someone I've kind of been seeing. Wait, 
Yeah. The fact that she let him film it. Like, it's like, she's being filmed lying to her dad. It's incredible to me. So you recreated the first two dates that they had because you didn't have film of those, right? Yes, that was the one. Can you talk about that? (laughs) Yeah. The one part that would have been weird is if Matt started filming right from day one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think there would have been a date two. Yeah, it was just missing. There were some other elements that I would have loved to have recreated, but it would just been weird all of a sudden to be in Costa Rica. And I'm like, oh, why are we recreating that? We don't have to recreate any of that. I realized... Once they get to Costa Rica, it's it's their footage onwards. That's really what we have. And we have to rely on these sit-down interviews um, that we did on the couches. Even all the way to him asking to be his girlfriend and seeing their parents and all that, all that stuff. It's really their journey from then onwards. We, we needed a setup. And so recreating them, it was an easy way in to, to doing that. It, it, honestly, like a lot of fun too. It was some of the first things we filmed with them. You know, we got, we got our classic rom-com moments, the kiss on the street, all, all of it. So it, it was fun. Can you talk a little bit about them leaving at the beginning of the pandemic? Because they didn't yeah. leave like two weeks before. They left <laughs> when there was an empty airport, no one on the plane, people saying like, you shouldn't go, you know, like Connie's yes. mom's a nurse. It was a little bit reckless for them to go to Costa Rica, like on the very day that they went, right? Oh, it was totally reckless. If you look at your calendar, March 17th is not a day that everyone was leaving. March nope. 17th is the day that people were, you know, buying toilet paper <laughs> and hunkering down. I think it's a, a little bit of our generation, you know, not understanding the consequences of it. Maybe not understanding the, just, you know, there's a cheap flight. Let's go. We're probably better off there than we are here. Who knows? There's, a, there's an invincibility about a, us as a younger generation of saying like, well, it's not going to affect us, but I want to start to affect people. You could see that in that. And okay, now it's real. My grandpa's getting affected by this. And oh, my mom's in the ward. Okay, shoot. Oh, now we can't get home. Okay. I, they, they, they admit that too. I think they, they know there's some wrong there. Yeah. So how is their relationship developing during just like the quote regular trip to Costa Rica before they knew they weren't going to be able to come back do you think it was going well? Do you think they would have had a fourth date after this third date? <laughs> I think so. I think it was going well. Matt wasn't doing any of the dating app stuff, but Connie had been on quite a few. Would, would they be in the position they are now? I'm not sure. Mm. I don't know. I guess we'll never know. It felt like a, a third date to Costa Rica wasn't as reckless to them as it maybe seems as to us on the outside. I think it seemed like a pretty good trip. If we go for a week, we go for a week and that's that. But uh, yeah, I think a fourth date would have been in line, but they don't have to do that. They're still on the third. So we actually have the moment uh, when they realize they're going to be stranded um, for an indefinite period of time. Because we have all the moments, of course, because literally he filmed everything. (laughs) He filmed it all. The flight that I had is not showing in my trips anymore. Yeah, from what I'm showing, it looks like any route available isn't until June 2nd. Is when we're open, opening up that route again. Okay, so that's Tuesday, June second. What was your reaction to their reaction that they're going to be stranded there for God knows how long? Well, mine becomes pretty transactional with footage. It, it's like you know, I sort of have a checklist in terms of story arc where I'm like, oh, I really need them to be upset that they're there this long, or I really need him to ask her to be his girlfriend, or there has to be some kind of 
car crash or something. These you sort of have a little checklist. So when I saw them truly react to being there longer, I was like, got it. It sounds terrible, <laughs> but you're like, you know, I kind of like I have I have those. And and if I didn't have it, I got to figure out a way to get it because the audience has to walk through this with us. You can't just be like, oh, we're here for 80 days and we're just tanning and having a good time. Like there has to be some elements of realness to this and struggle and, and fear and happiness and. Drinking like the rest of us, and you know whatever whatever it took during pandemic to get through it, Zumba classes and fights and you name it. Wanted a, a mix of all that. I wanted people to go through COVID with them the same way that we all did. Oh yeah, I can relate to that. Oh yeah, yeah, we did that. We went and got food and stocked up. Yep, I got it. The only thing is, they just met each other. We 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 were all with our loved ones. Yeah. So they described this uh, date on the pirate ship as a little bit of a turning point. Yeah. And I'm wondering why that was. Why do they think that was a turning point in their relationship? It's so funny because we had names for these things in the edit, and that was called yeah. the, pl- the, the, the plunge, the pirate, <laughs> the pirate plunge. Like I plunge love this. You. Yeah. You are like, telling me more about your process than any <laughs> documentarian I've ever talked to. This is so awesome. Oh, the plunge. Yeah. In all of the relationships I've been in, I've usually been the one coming up with ideas. So it felt new and exciting. It's like perfect timing, the sun's setting, it looks really pretty. You know, the, the team on this was so incredible. We had great story editors and the whole, just the whole thing was a lot of fun. And everybody came from a different perspective too. I want to say like, I don't have parents that are controlling or, or hard in any way. Uh, I was allowed to do whatever I wanted as a kid, no curfew, all that. And, you know, someone on the team would say, well, you know, my dad's actually pretty strict. And so I understand Connie's position. So we we had so many different elements to figuring this one out. But as we bucketed this footage, the pirate plunge, first, beautiful. It really is, again, going back to rooting for Matt, it's a really sweet moment that he did. He's trying to create a date night. And this is when they just learned that they're getting trapped. I, I think I'd be panicking. I don't think I'd be thinking of date night at that point. Nope. Um, but he likes her and he wants to try something. He wants to impress her. You know, again, sort of that moment where I start to see Connie enjoying the camera too. She's like, up till then, she's sort of like, why is this guy filming me? And then I feel like after that plunge, it's like, whatever's going to happen, we're in it together. That, that we we got to go. We got to go to these Airbnbs. We got to get out of this hotel. And we're doing it as a unit. And I, I just really love that part. But, you know, this is called the longest third date with a bit of a wink, but they did keep that date part kind of going, right? They had outings. They had theme dinners. They played drinking games. It did seem like they made the most of, like, go, being stuck together. It didn't They weren't just stuck together. No, it was really sweet. There's a lot of really sweet elements, and, and I'm sucker for rom-coms, and those are the parts that always always got me. Every night would be a different themed cuisine night, and they would take turns. It's like these are this is like being in a couple for years, and they're doing this this kind of stuff. It looked anyway from from our perspective of seeing this footage that they respect each other's privacy. They have Zoom calls, they have jobs to upkeep. They were being a unit. Yeah, it was seeing a lot of strength as they start to build you know moments together and and the like values together, regardless of what happens afterwards. You got to give it to them. They really did stick it out together there. In other ways, too, their lockdown experience was a lot like everyone else's. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of drinking, which I can certainly relate to, especially <laughs> the first part of the pandemic. Yeah. And then as Connie says... When you're kind of stuck together, there's not much else to do but drink and fuck. So, <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to a very big dramatic twist, a pregnancy scare. A couple of days go by and... I hope I didn't get one of the janky birth control packets. I'm like, okay, it's just like a few days late. Just give it some time. I love putting this part in. 
whether Me they want too. It, whether they want it or not. This is this is the reality, and this is the reality of dating, and this is the reality of swiping on Tinder and Hinge and you name it. Is I find that if it was a rom com, we might gloss this part over and make it really sweet, and it has nice music. We're like, no, this is this is two young horny people <laughs> living together on a trip. That's why we're rated for a mature audience. There's elements to this that are you know this is, this is life and it's fun. And who knows, maybe it was the end of the world and that's all they had left to do. That's right. We didn't know. I found myself asking though, um, is there an issue too with the condoms in Costa Rica? (laughs) (laughs) Just just the pills. I I don't don't know how to doctor, so this part's hard for me. Um, (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Hey, listen, who are we to judge? You can tell it was a scare and a real big scare because she was still drinking beer as she thought about whether or not she was pregnant. There was um. I, that's a really good observation, but also, <laughs> I just add, no judgment. It was scary. It was a scary it, moment. <laughs> it's scary, and then I think adding the idea that first I don't know this guy. My parents have never met him. Not all of this, but then just thinking of COVID and it, it, a lot of friends have babies over COVID. It's very stressful. The, the, the father wasn't allowed into the metal, into the emergency room. The pregnancy classes over Zoom. It's just like really awkward stuff. So. I think the idea of a kid getting brought into all that, that was probably the the biggest stress point, especially for Matt. Yeah. There was also this really dramatic scene in which Matt, you know, makes a mistake. He he misjudges the terrain, maybe gets in over his head and and flips a rental car in some standing water. Matt, oh my God. Could be a matter of seconds before this thing completely gets submerged, the water's coming in, or like we flip over. And I'm just also worried when she gets out, I'm like, you know, maybe this is going to shift like the weight a tiny bit too. And I'm just going to like go in. Their car is really stuck. It seems they're not going to be able to free it. And it brought home to me, A, that Matt tends to get it over his head sometimes, but also they really are vulnerable, really far from home in the middle of a pandemic. What about you? What did that say to you about them and where they were? I hate to say, it, but I also loved that part. It was like yeah. a check mark for me. I was like, "Oh, sweet, they got in a car crash." <laughs> As a director, you like, yeah, check. you kind of, kind of want a few of these conflict. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy they didn't get hurt. Yeah. Right? If they got hurt, we'd have to be very sensitive, very, very sensitive about this moment. And you know, what does medical coverage look like over there? And are you allowed in in hospitals right now? Are they full? There's a whole other story that's really quite bleak. So we felt permission to use it in our in a fun way. Like even Matt getting getting out and like trying to pull it is like it's it's hilarious to watch him try. And uh, you know there is some tension there. I thought they personally dealt with it extremely well. I'd be screaming in that car, and Matt's like, "It's okay, we'll get out the window." Like I was like, "Oh man, these guys are good under pressure." Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, for us, it was like I said, it's just another. It's like a six days, seven nights, and this is a, a moment that Harrison Ford got in and they got out of it. Like it, it really did help our story. I have this this nice journey arc. His chillness and her chillness really struck me again and again. I mean, that wasn't the other challenge. The other one was. No small amount of insects, which I have experienced myself when I've traveled. Like sometimes a bug will walk through your room that is literally seven inches long. And I did not handle it nearly as well as Connie did. Of course, you have an iguana that literally like walks into their house sometimes. But then there's this monologue that Matt has when he's jogging where he talks about living with someone you hardly know. He's really contemplating how difficult it is, but he's really like present about it and chill about it, too. And I'm wondering if they opened up to you on camera about their struggles with the situation at that time. Yeah, I, I love that footage too because Matt's 
literally running away. Mm. <laughs> he's on a run as he's talking about not wanting to to be trapped with somebody. As somebody you don't even really know like that. Uh, can get um can get a little taxing. Get a little tired of that. Not ready for marriage anytime soon, that's for sure. I think in, as you look at it in retrospect, they kind of blur all the 80 days together. But when we started getting into really particular, like, okay, let's talk about day 47. You may not remember this day, but you guys were actually in Montezuma. You jumped off the waterfall. You came back that day. We started bringing these moments up. They really opened up about emotions and a bit of a roller coaster of that. I think overall, they're like, it was great. It was scary. It was this. And you're like, no, no, let's go. Let's go into that moment. Let's let you watch your running footage. We did that a lot. So you watch it on an iPad. I said, okay. Do you remember this moment? Do you remember where you were? Did you guys just talk before this? What were you guys going through? And he's like, yeah, that was, that was, that was weird. And that helped a lot. Like letting them watch bits and pieces that we had edited really, really helped. It's really funny because they're together for a really, 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 really long time. And they don't talk really about what they mean to each other or who they are to each other or how they feel about each other. And as a viewer, you're like, how can that possibly be? Uh, then the story goes viral, and then you find out that that's true because Matt posts that he's been stranded in Costa Rica all this time with Connie, and it kind of forces them to define what their relationship is, and that's when it really hits home. She has to tell her employer where she's been. She has to tell her father this sort of half-truth, and we know she avoids things because she might be met with disapproval and fear, and it really lands home that like they really haven't been telling each other what each other is thinking and feeling, right? I think it's that double-edged sort of posting stuff that people always go through. It's like, you want to share your experiences and what you're doing and where you are, but like, yeah, your employer sees it and your family sees it. And then now your group family chat is blowing up and, oh crap, I have to explain myself to people. I never explained. I was always on Zoom audio. I never showed people my background. These are like new age dilemmas. They're hilarious. Yeah. They seem so normal now, even the last few years. They definitely didn't have a PR meeting <laughs> before they got shared out. And I don't think they ever thought it would hit Today Show, People Magazine, Good Morning America. Um, yeah. And they went along with it. And then that adds another layer to your relationship. Now you're a public relationship. Yeah. Here we go, right? We're not even, a, are we even a relationship first? Again, like as a director, you're like, oh yeah, we got another layer. <laughs> another layer. <laughs> but you can see like they have so much chemistry. Yeah. They get along so well. And if you've been in a good relationship, you know what a good relationship looks like, right? Yeah. And I'm like, they love each other. Like you can tell they do because they're sort of unconditionally supportive of one another. They're in this horrible situation. The scene where he goes with her to get the lashes and the nails and they're just like chilling. They can yeah. be together. It's like they love each other. Yeah. And I, as a viewer, wanted to like yell at the screen, say your boyfriend and girlfriend. You are. You love each other. Like when you were watching all this footage, did you feel that kind of tension? I know that oh. you were thrilled as a director, but like, did you feel that tension where you were like, you love each other? Just say it. Oh, for sure. Especially Connie. And this is really where I saw it from Connie said, she didn't want to be a part of a movie. She didn't want to be on Good Morning America. She's garbage. The last thing she wants is this. It's her work. It's her dad. It's all these people she has to now talk to. I don't think Matt had to talk to too many. He's like, oh, I share everything. You could see that she's, she's like, Matt wants this. This is something that Matt wants to do. He wants to do these interviews and he wants to make, make life a movie. That's his. And, and, and I'm here to support him whether I want to or not. I think the whole process of the documentary has been like that for Connie too. It's very like, yeah, sure, I'll share my side of things. This is 
this is my guy and he wants, he wants this and likes this. Yeah. So I, I definitely saw that love. I wanted them to say and have that talk and sit down, but they did it when they left and they hit America. Yeah. It was so built up. There's something really great about that moment. Regardless of the rest of the footage, we can recreate a first date, a second date. You have a beautiful love story here. Yeah. They film themselves saying, we have a relationship. We are boyfriend and girlfriend. Of course, they film themselves because they they were in a barbecue restaurant in Houston, yeah. for God's sakes. <laughs> like, why did he film that? Come on. Well, you know what I love, too, about that moment is if, if that was fabricated, it would be because I'd seen enough footage by this point. I can tell a moment where Matt is is forcing something. Oh, we're going zip lining today. He's like, he's narrating it. In this case, he was recording and Connie brings it up. Will you be my girlfriend? Will you be my girlfriend? Fine. That's not an acceptable answer. Yes. Matthew, Thomas, Robert. <laughs> and that's what I was like, oh, this is her. This is, this is you saying you never asked me. You never asked me. To. So it's not Matt going, hey guys, we're here in the restaurant and I'm going to ask her a special thing. Like he didn't get to narrate this one. He's thrown off guard. She grabs the, he grabs the camera, puts it in her face. She grabs it, puts it in his face. They grab it back and put it in each other. I was, it was, the camera was like the third wheel and it was so great. As yeah. soon as I, I saw it all, and it's a longer scene and they you know, they, they, they obviously get the food and eat the food. We cut that stuff out. <laughs> Thank we, don't you. To, we don't need to see them <laughs> eating ribs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's just such a, a moment of, of truth there for me. Yeah. I was like, this is it. This is us now. This is our this is our generation and our love stories. And this is what they look like. It looks like you didn't say it in the news like you were supposed to. You never asked me. It's like our moment is being shared with our phone now. And so be it. When you tell people about this documentary, are people surprised to hear they're still together after all these years? It's the first question people ask. Yeah, of course. They say, it, it, well, first one is, did he murder her? And the second one is, <laughs> <laughs> second one is okay, so then are they together? If they're, if they're not dead, are they together? They are. People are actually really. It's, it, I think now, too, as there's been a sort of wave past vaccines and other COVIDs and everything that's, that's happened, I think people are like, well, that, that part is done. We've, we've moved on. Have they moved on? It's like, no, they're, they're together. They're doing this. They're living in New York and, and they're making it happen. Do you think that they've changed in the last three years? Has their relationship evolved? I think so. I mean, they got the dog. <laughs> <laughs> they've changed jobs mm -hmm. and careers a little bit. I think the movie coming out might, might, might add another layer to this as well. <laughs> you now, think? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the spotlight <laughs> back on them. I think, they, I think they have. I think they've just grown. They've been on more trips together. They've hung out with their parents more. They've met all their friends. Yeah, I think it's like any relationship. I think there's a there's a journey to it. It's not like we're in and everything's good for the rest of our lives. Like this is this is about working working it out and working together. But yeah, I think there is a massive change in both these individuals from the start of the first date to where we are now, which I love. I, I do love the scene where you see him with her dad and it's just sort of like, let's just pretend that whole other thing didn't happen. We're best friends now. It's very Matt. You know, I, I feel like I know Matt now. It's so yeah. Matt, right? Um, <laughs> I'm just curious. Um, what did they think about the way that you saw their relationship? They hate it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, their, their reaction was, was, was great. They said to me, they're so surprised how funny they are. And I was like, yeah, hey, you're funny. What do you mean? You're a funny situation. You know, we're making fun of Matt's YouTube channel. You know, Connie has a joke here. And they said like the timing was really good. 
And I think originally when we sat on that couch, obviously the, the, the when Harry met Sally couch is, is there to build tension. One, one is on one side, one's on the other. Are they going to be together in the end? This is like pretty easy filmmaking visuals, but I, I think they were like confused on why they had to sit on that side. Why can't I sit in the middle? Isn't this an interview? For, and then they got it when they see the whole picture. Yeah, they, they really liked it. I think there's obviously elements they're embarrassed about. And I think everyone does that on camera. Oh, that side of my face. So that doesn't look good. Or I have no makeup on or this. <laughs> my hair is actually like a crazy man bun, isn't it? Yes, it is, Matt. Uh, <laughs> and so there's, there's those, those parts. And, but I think ultimately they loved how we put this together. And they said it was easy watching. It went quick. Yeah. Well, I loved how you put it together too. And as I said at the beginning, it is exactly the documentary I felt like I needed right now. I think it is for everybody, the documentary we, we need right now. Brent Hodge, thank you so much for talking to me about Longest Third Date. I just loved it so, so much. Oh, thanks for having me. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks again to director Brent Hodge. For more of my takes, check out my other podcast, Crime Writers On. We break down the latest in documentaries, films, podcasts, and pop culture. If you like You Can't Make This Up, please rate and review this show and share it with your friends. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And make sure to follow the show to stay tuned for all new episodes. Our music is by Kelly Mack at Netflix Music Lab. You Can't Make This Up is a production of Netflix. I'm Rebecca Lavoie. Thanks so much for listening. 